real life three stars, man. Yeah, what they say? If hey, if it wasn't for the Bronx, this whole rap shit probably would be never going on. So hey. tell me where you from? Uptown, baby. Man. Uptown, baby. The legendary. Legendary. Peter Guns. In the building, man. What it do, baby? Welcome to Dallas. Welcome to Street Stars. What is going on? Man, before we even do that, I want to I wanna say, man, you didn't pull one of the realest moves. I didn't seen a nigga in your position pull, man. You touched, you touched down and linked with a bunch of local Dallas people that do media. I haven't seen that yet, bro. You know what I'm saying? What, what is it in you to make you do something that humble? You know what I'm saying? Being at your position. I'm, yeah. I'm from the South Bronx, man. Being from the Bronx, we at the bottom of the barrel. Whenever I touch down in the city, I want to know where it's at. I want to know where my people at. I want to touch the people. You know what I mean? I feel like my moms are still in the hood I grew up in. That's where I like to be. I like to be amongst the people, the people. I don't like to be Fugazi. I live in Uptown. I'm like, this is nice to live in, but where the fuck is the people? You know? Has that been the way you always were, or was it after, like, after the fame It's my whole life, man. Yeah, it's my hard to be humble life. like that. Staying humble yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When we go on, like, so for instance, you know, I went to Jamaica. I went to the grill. And we were at the, uh, for, the, for, the, for the first few days, we were at the, um, you know, the, the, the little spot where you, you yeah, order. Everyone kind of con- yeah. Right, you know. I'm like, yo, where the fuck is the people at, man? This ain't it. <laughs> so I went to the kitchen, went behind the fucking kitchen, was like, yo, homeboy, where's the real jerk at? Where's the jerk chicken and where's the parties at? Where's, where's the real shit? He was like, yo, my man. You got to go in there. Yeah, so he said, after work, I said, look, I'm going to give you $100. He said, $100? I could take the day off tomorrow. So take the day off tomorrow, give you 100 come pick me up, and I'll throw you another 100 after. Take me to where the shit is. And we went out, he took me to the fields, and I was amongst, now I ain't going to front. Yeah. Took me someplace where I was shook. I thought it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't had no jewels on, but these niggas was like, yo, because they, believe it or not, they watched the show, stream it and all that. So they couldn't believe I was there. I was in the middle of some sugar cane fields in the spot called Lucy. Anybody that's familiar with Jamaica, I was in Lucy. And they took me around, man. And and I met some real people and I touched the people. I don't know. Bottom line is everywhere I go, I got to touch the people, man. Like, you know what I mean? There you go, man. And for those sitting at home, man, as far as uh, our audience, to uh, let them know where you, you know, of course, we uptown. But as far as your claim to fame, the song Deja Vu, man, one of the... uh, Platinum record, man. Uh, kind of ran the ran an era of music back then, man. Yeah. Uh, as far as you know, the famous Peter Guns, uh, Uptown Baby. I, I I personally want to ask you, man, because this song right here was one of the jams that you know, you know, us being from the South, like that really gravitated across the world down here. But we was jamming that shit like we up there with y'all. Um, to have that hit on you. Um, and of course, I know, of course, you know, the thoughts are trying to replicate and things like that, but just to have that hit and to tour the world with it, um, how was that feeling as far as to be able to still tour that song to this day to where it's cross generations at this time? It's still to me, um, it's still to me unbelievable in terms of like, it's a bittersweet thing for me, but in terms of, um, it was a song that we wrote as a local beef kind of like. Because all the other, all, yeah. A beef song turned into a beef. Like, bitch, on a beef train. A beef song turned into a beef. No, I, hey, listen, let me explain it to you. The Bronx, even though the hip hop started in the Bronx, we were on the low, low, to, on the totem pole, the lowest on the totem pole. So we would go to the tunnel and a place called Skate Key 
and you will have people from other boroughs, Brooklyn, Queensbridge, Harlem, and the Bronx just be a few people and we just like on the low, cause Brooklyn was popping, Queens is popping, the artists, and I'm, we didn't really have nothing to brag about. But you know what, we started this shit. So what I'ma say is when, if it wasn't for the Bronx, this rap shit probably never would be going on. Tell me where you from me. All y'all niggas behind me go uptown, nigga. Uptown, nigga. Now, at first, it was for fun. But then it started getting serious. Because niggas started, it started, you know, Bronx niggas. Step outside. Step outside. What? So it started getting into that. But when I started writing a song and I was writing a hook, Tariq was like, yo, you remember that shit you used to do in Skate Key? And everybody be like, uptown, nigga. Let's put that in the song. So we did this song as a local, just to make the local people in the Bronx feel good. And the shit just grew legs and it grew legs and it started. Next thing you know, people showing up to my mom's crib in the Bronx. People I couldn't get on the phone. Rest in peace, Chris Lighty went to my mother's house and was like, yo, I want to sign you. What's up? I'm like, you know, so it was like uh, something that we did as a local song. And then we got nominated for Grammys. But I'll say this, Tariq always said this when he when we got out the studio, he's like, this is it. And I was like, this is a New York record about the Bronx. This ain't going nowhere, but it. It popped off. And I did, a, I did different versions for Texas is Dallas and everybody. I did for California. But somebody was saying, I don't know if y'all know this, at that time, most of your CDs and cassettes were sold in Texas. Oh. I said, if y'all don't win, Texas is the, is the bulk of your music is being sold there. So I said, Houston got crazy game. Out of time, niggas is all the same. Dallas niggas get crazy loot. I don't know if y'all remember that, but I, I did a, va- a version just for Texas. And it, that helps propel it to platinum. That's live, man. I do got to ask, man. What was the follow-up single? Like, we Will Ball. We <laughs> Nobody really fucked with We Will Ball. <laughs> which, which was fucked up because I had so much confidence in We Will Ball. I was waiting till this shit come on. It's just a local hit. But by that time, the label started unplugging shit. After one song? Promotion. <laughs> yeah, because we, we, took, we, wrote, we wrote that single too long. We was having issues. And then the next single was supposed to be a single called uh, Cross Bronx with me, Pun, and Fat Joe, and Tariq. And we ended up going with um, uh, We Were Ball because of the politics. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I think uh, with the first video, if it would have said, like, to be continued, then We Were Ball would have came out. I don't know. Maybe it would have had legs to it. I, we took too long. I, <laughs> Tariq, me, I hold me and Tariq solely responsible for not putting out an album as opposed to a single. People went and bought damn their two million Uptown Babies. If we would have said, fuck that, in order for you to get Uptown Baby, you got to buy the whole album, yeah. then we'll be sitting here talking about the platinum album. That's, that, that's how people think nowadays. <laughs> no, that, no, that's how it was then. Nowadays, nah, you, you riding off of singles because niggas could go right on Apple Music and just get that one joint. All right, so I got to ask this, man. If you were to do a versus, like, you know, like, you know how they do the verses? Yeah. If you were to have, like, a one-hit wonder off, who would you want to battle? You just killed me, man. One hit, one to all. I had mad hits. They just didn't hit. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yours again. Um, I would never do, do nothing called a one hit, one to all. That, was, that would be too insulting to me. To, because to, I feel like I got too much music to do that. But I would never do a verses unless we could do verses as verses. Like verse for verse. I would do that, but... I would never do a versus because it would almost be making a mockery of myself only having one record. When I know what I'm capable of or what I was capable of then, it's, it's me, it's my fault that I didn't keep putting out music or doing anything. The reason why people would be able to, like, you a one, because I'll I eat the one hit wonder all day. But, yeah. but, then, but, then, 
was it like music didn't travel down here? Because, you know, like, it seems like the label gives you that push. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. Oh, no. Definitely travel. the label. I wouldn't say the label definitely pulled the plug. This is what you got to understand. When we signed to Columbia, right? This is a true fucking story on my kids. When we signed to Columbia, they had a meeting with all the artists from Columbia. So when we walked into that meeting that we, we didn't sign, we, they was trying to sign us. So part of them dressing us up to sign us, they had a, a meeting, a marketing meeting, and they, and they said, y'all want to join this meeting, me and Tariq. We went into the meeting. We talking about Maxwell, Nas, the Fugees, Mariah Carey, and the two little dusty Bronx niggas that ain't even, you know what I mean? And amongst like just the elite. And this was their way of selling us on the label. The funny shit about that day is that I don't give a fuck because I'm around with Maxwell. Mm. So if they told Mariah, we want you, we, we, which, when you want your record to come out, she say third quarter. Mariah had Car Blanche. She was married to Tommy Matola. Whatever she said went. Nobody wanted to go around Mariah. Whenever Mariah's time to go, we don't want to fucking come out around that area because all money and attention is allocated right. towards her. That's her husband. Is so every time they ask this nigga Maxwell a question, He'll go like this. And some big bodyguard will go down and he'll judge. And the bodyguard will go, Maxwell said, so the shit had, you know, we from the Bronx. We, I'm sitting there, Tariq is like nudging me, and then I just bust out laughing because I was nigga on some print shit. So later on, we did the Soul Train Awards and Maxwell was there. He was like, Guns, let me talk to you real quick. And I didn't know him. He just called me over. I'm like, oh shit, I want to do a record with him. So he goes, he said, y'all niggas was laughing at me, but I had laryngitis. Oh, okay. Explained his way. He had to explain his way out of that shit. <laughs> but point of the matter is, when you're on a label like that, they quick to say, yo, we're going to allocate all our attention to this. But we owed them another video, and we owed them such and such. We got to. So they did the video and did everything, but the push wasn't there. Man, I gotta, I we, gotta, they didn't even want to pay for us. To, we, won a, we won awards. Like, we won this Billboard Award of the Year. They didn't even want us to pay for us to go there. So it was. What song do you think, um, Cross Bronx Expressway. Yeah. Only because Pun was on fire, Joe was on fire. It, 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 we was going to do the video on the Cross Bronx with Cannonball Run. Y'all remember that movie? Niggas racing across the country. So we was going to do that. We had it all planned out. We think that would have been it. And then we was doing a, a remix to Deja Vu, which was Nas, Jay-Z, um, uh, Cameron, every borough. Yeah. I was just going to sing the hook and let everybody else do the verses. But so much politics with the labels. This one ain't clearing. This one, that one clear. So the arrogance in me, because we should have did Cross Bronx Expressway. We had got it cleared. Because Joe, even though the label said no, Joe said, fuck them. We doing it. And he was going to bully them into. But I was like, man, fuck it. Let's just do We Will Ball. We Will Ball is hot. And it didn't, it didn't click like that with everybody else. But I still stand by We Will Ball. If we had the machine behind us, it was a good record. Man, speaking of video, um. On the on the Uptown video, man, that's one thing that I, even me as a shooter was wondering as far as that goddamn camera mm-hmm. going between, you know, going all around between legs. What 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 setup was that? Chris Robinson produced the video. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Robinson. He's doing a lot of stuff. He owed me because that was his first big video. We gave him three fifty. Yo, Jay Z one time said, "Yo, y'all gave that nigga three fifty for that video." I was like, "Yeah," because Jay Z was such a hustler that the label would give Jay Z. 400,000 for a video, he'll get somebody shooting for 30,000, put the rest in his pocket. That's why people used to be like, yo, Jay-Z videos is whack. Nigga be like, he fine. But, but his pockets was... But 30 bands 
That's a hustler. His pockets was cute. You know what I mean? Pockets wasn't whack. His pockets was. But um, dude hired a, a, a old farmer yeah. from Texas. This farmer had a crane built. A crane that, you know those crane shits? They be digging out shit? Yeah. He had put a camera on a crane. And the shit would just go around like this. And Chris Robinson hired him to bring that crane all the way to New York, to the Bronx. So I, you, see, you see me stepping over the camera, looking back at it. And every, to this day, people, the, the biggest film, people say, how y'all do that? And I always got to explain to them, this dude built a camera out in Texas that, on a crane that just went around in circles. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, when it comes to touring, ha- have, you, have you still toured with that song up until this day, or have you kind of left it to where it's like, okay, that, that's, that's kind of my history, and uh, we ain't really going to touch on that? No, nah, man. Anytime it's a bag to be made, I got a lot of kids. I got a lot of miles. So I don't ever turn down no bags. So I perform the song whenever I can. Uh, am I tired of the song? Of course. But I always got to remind myself that, you know, that song put me in position, because that's the only way we make money off the song. We don't get no publishing or nothing from that song. Speaking of kids, mm-hmm. you have ten kids. Uh, when you have that many, is it hard to, you know, just rear them, like, correctly? Like, because it becomes like an issue of, if they say, they say after three, everyone is kind of just raising themselves. Fortunately for me, my kids were raised with good moms. My first one, you know, I got to give the mothers, like, at least most of the credit goes to the mothers. Uh, The only kid that I I was really hands-on, hands-on with was my oldest son, Corey. Me and his mother had a baby, 17, 18 years old. And she, she was just, you know, in a different position. So she left. We had, I raised Corey, me and my mother. As far as the rest of my kids from then on, raised with wonderful mothers and I spend much time as I can with them and I keep maintaining the relationship with my kids and their mothers. I've never been on child support in my natural life. Hey, well, you need to write a book, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to write a book. Make that whole a how-to because we just fast. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you got people that got one or two kids and still go through hell. Fortunately for me, they see when I got, I give them my last, I give them my heart. My kids, I'm not, I'm not comfortable having them unless my kids have and they know that about me. But I was fortunate to have good mothers. And, um, you know, look, a lot of us wouldn't be here if we was if we depended on our dads. Definitely. Definitely. And, and yeah. I got to say, um, you know, of course, you know, that brings us to, you know, love and hip hop, which I, I would say you have one of the realest uh, stories. The realest. Not the, the realest, one. Of yeah. Them. The Let's realest story. Honey. A lot you of these can't, niggas you can't be fake. on there faking. You can't fake. I'm not, My I, shit ain't. Huh? Of course, they put their little bells and whistles. But the gist of the story, I can't make up babies. I can't make up some yeah. lies. My problem with, the, with, with them sometimes is they would do extra shit, and I'd be like, I don't need no help. I don't need no help. Yeah. My shit is already fucked up. Yeah. I don't need no help. And I've done shit that I would never blow up. I'm still, you know, I'm still doing the show. So I don't want to shoot myself in the ass. But, yeah, some shit they used to do, yeah, pissed me off. And one day I'll write a book or I'll tell my side, but... But right now, yeah. But I'm not proud of it. And I don't want to blame the show. What y'all see is what y'all saw. I thought I could get on the show and get a bag for Tara, Amina, myself, without, you know, and they, and what you saw, spiral out of control, was naturally spiraled out of control. Now, would you have that type of, those type of situations, you know, like, trying to compromise, like, what you're going to show, but 
really want the bag. Where where do you make where do you put the happy medium in? The thing is, when you get, I would never be able to truly explain my story. Nobody will ever say I get it. I understand. Well, I could sleep at night and live with myself when everybody's saying, how could you do that? Parents and shit. I know that my original intent for me and Tyra and Amina coming on the show was no malice. Amina sings her ass off. She's talented. She'll be seen. Tara's an actor. She's beautiful. Makes them happen. And I got many miles to feed. This helps everybody. So I never went on there with intent of malice. Um, but what I tell anybody that's talking about doing reality shows, you have no control. If you're not an executive producer, you have no control of what goes out. So what you say and do will be seen on that fucking TV. What's one scene that you wish the producers would have pulled back on? Like saying, hey, we could have, y'all could have let down the edited flow. Uh, they did pull some stuff back, but see, it's, one, it's something I want to say, but it, would, it's, it, it may fuck up my bag. I'm, neg yeah, I'm, neg yeah, I'm negotiating with them right now for a new season, and I don't want to fuck my bag up, but there is something I want to say, though. Do you want your, uh, your own spinoff show? Because I feel like with 10 children, you, you could have your own situation yeah, yeah, yeah. with Mona Scott or whatever. You know? Well, I want my own spinoff to show the other side of me. Because most people, most women and most people that watch the show say, what the fuck do they see about this dude? Because all you're seeing is a half hour of, of me being a fuckboy, being a dickhead, being an asshole. They not showing. They just, that's all they showing. They not showing the other side that could pretend. Yo, what? So you left at the end of this shit to be like, why are these girls so stupid? So you don't see the other side of me talking to kids, going to Rikers Island, keeping guns off the street. Yeah, I got a problem with women. I got a women problem. I love women. And any man naturally born got the same fucking problem. But they just constantly showing this one thing, and it, looked, it makes me look bad. But when I walk down the street, most men come up to me and say, yo, I got the same shit. Yeah, because they Felt you. That's why. That's right. why it was so popular. Yeah, but there is another side of me that you don't see on that show that I, I never got a chance to uh, give the world. So that's why we want to do a spinoff. I do want to ask about um, one of your sons, Corey Gunn. Like um, on six foot, seven foot. Like he went crazy. Is it is it for you as a person who's a New York legend who raps to see your son rap? How did that feel to see your son doing so well in music and being revered like that? And where is he now? People, well, people don't, people won't, uh, people don't believe when I say this. It's bittersweet because I know how the industry could spit you up and, you know, you could get in and in one minute be hot and not be hot. And I never want my kids to go through that. I'd rather them have a steady life, a steady income and not be thrown for people to shit on them. And like, for instance, where is he now? He's, he got a million songs. He's working. He's still on Young Money, believe it or not. But um, Corey's such a phenomenal rapper. In my era, Corey would be a superstar already. But the era we live in, you almost got to dumb it down somewhat. And he just never was willing to dumb it down to the point where people could all the way get it or do a certain. Corey is. Yeah, Corey is. He is who he is. And, you know, hopefully one day people will get it. He's still going, man. He's still. Yeah, I think music changed right at the time where it was, you know, you know, what they mm -hmm. call it, mumble rap, whatever it is, you know, eras. No, nah, he's still. You, it's not all mumble rap. You still got people like Kendrick Lamar and. J. Cole and, and even Drake. I love Drake, man. I don't care what nobody say. That's still, that's still holding it down. So Corey still got a lane. He just, he just, just got to put that right shit out and get people's attention again, I saw. And I got to ask, uh, you know, Corey had a show, uh, Son of a Gun. Um, of course, even going back to uh, Love and Hip Hop, do you feel like, you know, 
<laughs> Corey would yeah, never. That was, that was yeah, I was on that show. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, a big part know. of that show. Corey don't like cameras. He don't like reality shows. He don't. Corey's an introvert. We are totally opposite. Yeah, 100% polar opposites. And people used to, the reason why I didn't want to do the show, I stopped. I didn't want to do Love and Hip Hop for three years. They've been trying to get me because I didn't want him to have to answer for my shit. And that's what happened. He started doing interviews about his music and people were like, yo, your pops. Yeah, he's a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he will always defend me. And I love him to death for that. Like, yo, listen, that's my fucking pops. We'll be at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I don't move like him. We're not the same in that area, but that's my pops. Don't try to, don't play with me with my pops. And I love him for that, man. So I got to ask you, um, for your situation, as far as do you feel what was portrayed to the public was, was it probably exploitation of, you know, your love or was it possibly an education to show? Both, you know, both. There's a little bit of uh, some people got wings put on their houses. Some people got millions from that. I didn't. And I always said that if I couldn't put my kids through college, at least the ones that were conceived during that period, then I'm going to regret the show. And so far, I regret it. I didn't, you know, somebody else made millions off that shit, not me. So exploitation of my situation made other people money, not me. So I, right now, I have a little regret. The other side, the flip side of that is, there's a whole new generation. Love me, hate me. They know who the fuck I am. So I got to take that. I wouldn't be here with you guys. I'm in Dallas now shooting another TV show because of love and hip hop. So it's up to me to turn that stumbling block into a stepping stone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my goal is to turn that into a stepping stone where I don't have to regret it. Now, um, a lot of people, uh, they see TV and they think it's reality and they feel like they can approach you as like, Oh, that's like you said. You get you had a boy kind of thing vibe on the show. Has anybody ever tried to approach you? With never, such a never. Okay. You might have somebody scream some shit from the car. The thing about me, I'm not saying I'm the best fighter in the world or I'm the this or that, but I'm not ducking no smoke. Anybody that know me could tell you it's not. I'm not trying to play super thug or nothing like that. I'm just a man. You never gonna disrespect me, and I'm not gonna answer you. It's never gonna happen. It's never, ever, ever in life going to, I promise you, in the life of my mother, I'm, you're never going to disrespect me and I'm not going to answer you. I don't give a fuck. Even if it means die. I don't have it in me to walk away from shit. And, and I go through that now on um, some people like I, for instance, I'm shooting cheaters. Some people while we shooting the show feel like when the camera's on, they turn into a whole different person. You know, when the cameras come on, niggas get tough and say what they think they want to say. And twice already I had to tell nigga your homeboy. I'm not the motherfucker that was hosting the show before. Watch your fucking mouth. I had to have that happen already. And they had pulled me to the side and be like, Peter, you know, you kind of like the mediator. <laughs> yeah, but this nigga, this <laughs> motherfucker <Peter> said, <laughs> motherfucker said if these cameras wasn't here and I got to go, what you mean by that? Because we could go to the dumpster right there and then we could shoot back over here and finish this shit. My nigga, don't talk to me like that. Fuck you think you so they gotta pull me guns, you kinda like the mediator. Yeah. Yeah, and I gotta remember that, but sometimes niggas will test you for some reason when cameras come on, niggas get bold. Now I'm not gonna lie, when I heard Peter Guns is hosting Peter, mm -hmm. I said, damn, this is a perfect combination, man. Yeah, I know all the ins and outs. You know all so are you like giving it up on there like yeah that nigga now nah, he ain't over here, he really over here with this. You know what I'm I always remind I always gotta remind niggas I did that before, homie. The old wash your dick in the sink trick, I know that. <laughs> I did that. I know what you're doing. How did, how did cheaters approach you about it? Believe it or not, man, I got to get a credit to this guy, Kim Hamilton. They, uh, 
the host died. Rest in peace, Clark Gable. Young age, yeah, he overdosed or some crazy shit. But the host died, and um, they didn't even say they was looking for a host. And he just thought, yo, you know what? Y'all should Peter Guns would be Peter Guns, and uh, this guy, uh, older man, uh, uh, Bobby Goldstein went in his office, and I guess was like, yo, they keep calling me about some guy named Peter Guns, and his office said, yes. <laughs> and, and, and here I am in Dallas, and it couldn't have come at a better time. I was, I was trying to figure out my next move, and I was like, normally by this time, things would be moving. Unfortunately, as soon as we get the, it's crazy. When I got, you know how when your girlfriend break up with you, and you go find a badder chick, now she jealous she want to get back together? Yeah. That's what happened with Cheetahs. Once I got Cheetahs, shh, loving hip-hop. Another show on Oprah's channel. All these shows started coming to me. Yeah. And I, 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 was, yeah. I was in the fucking garbage for five months trying to figure out my next play. As soon as I get cheated, I'm like, damn, I should have lied and said I was a host of this motherfucker five months <laughs> hey, ago. I ain't going to lie. But, you know, you know, we in Dallas. Cheaters is like, a you know, legendary a legendary show, show out here. Did, I, I got to ask you, did you do your research on the show in regards to uh, Joey Greco, which was a host a while before? And. They made, they, I know Greco. I, I said in one episode, I'm not Greco, the one I'm telling you about. I shouldn't be telling y'all this, but I had to tell dude, I'm not, I'm not Greco, I'm not Gable. Homie, I will smack. Smack your fucking face off. Don't play with me. But I lied and told him I did. I didn't because I wanted to bring my own shit, and I felt like if I watched them, I might emulate what they was doing. Advice for a man who might get caught red-handed cheating. Like, girl walk in on him. Like, what, what's the, what, what can he say to get out this situation? If you got caught red-handed? Red-handed. Butt naked. All you. <laughs> my man. Ain't nothing you can do. You got to take the L. Love. I don't even have no. I have no. There's nothing I could tell you. You know what I mean? All I could tell you is it was just a change up, a switch. She caught me off guard on everything I love. I was thinking about you the whole time. I couldn't even come. I had to start thinking about you. Facts. Facts. I got to say, hey, what's the wildest scenario either you've seen on, whether from the show, from your partner, homeboys, what's the wildest scenario somebody got caught cheating from what you know? Uh, I don't know, man. We, we, I used to do shit on the road. Niggas play with me. So one time I... I put lotion inside a condom and put that shit in Tariq's bag. <laughs> and nigga was like, yo, Mo, she bugging right now. Mo, tell her you did that shit. I was like, nigga, I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> the nigga Tariq, right? Tariq always was, 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 was like, when we have these groupie thing going on, he'll have chicks and his girl don't show up. Meanwhile, my shorty getting her shit together. I'm in the room putting the candles up, getting my shit. And I come, I'm like, damn, she's supposed to be at eight. I go down to the lobby. Niggas say, yo, Tariq told her you had a girl in the room, took your girl. So I said, oh, word. So one time I put some lotion in a condom and sent that shit back. Damn. damn. Hey, who cheats more, men or women? Men. <laughs> who cheats better? Well, women are better. Man, so, you know, as far as, uh, you know, course cheetahs hollering at you man uh i'm you know they seen one of your you know the, the scenarios play out with uh you know of course tara and amina on uh, love and hip-hop um I, I can't help but notice that uh when i saw an old video of uh, the remix you and Tariq did with mariah mm -hmm. 
uh, Amina, Amina looks very similar to Mariah. Did you did you ever did you ever tell her that, or does she ever know? Did she ever um? Did you ever see that in her like at all? Any similarities to Mariah? I, see, I don't see no similarities in them, but. Amina idolizes Mariah Carey and still hasn't met her, so I got to make that happen. Me and Mariah are still friends to this day. Um, nah, no similarities. Now, people are going to get mad. I'm going to catch a lot of shit. I'm not saying Amina can sing like Mariah, so let's, let's, let me do this. Let me, let me separate. I don't want people to go make me out to be, I'm comparing Amina to Mariah, but Amina can re- reach some of those octaves because she, she loves um, um, Mariah so much that she practiced all her life doing Mariah songs that some of those octaves that uh, Mariah can hit, I've seen Amina hit some of those notes and it, it surprised me because who could do that shit? But I'm That's not crazy. by no means saying that Amina's Mar- Mariah, but she's Amina, uh, her octaves are uh, similar, similar to her sometimes. Yeah, she idolizes Mariah. I seen uh, recently uh, you were trending just a little bit for uh, going at uh, Life, Life Genesis. Uh-huh. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Go ahead, go yeah, just go, you know, a little, a, a little, a little back and forth for hopping, for hopping in the, not even the DM, but hopping in the comments. Well, look. Is that, is that Petty Peter going on? No, man. I'm glad I got a chance to clarify that. Whatever happened with life in, in Amina, I have no, I have no idea about it. And even if I did, I wouldn't say because they, I don't know if this man got a girl and he's just being a player. Marie, uh, Marie, oh, you want to get that light first? No, no, you good. So, so. Amina is a single woman clear to do whatever she does, whatever she wants. We're not together no more. We divorced. But when I feel like somebody wants to make their presence felt. So if you at home in quarantine, you icy cold, you trying to heat up a little bit, you, you doing your little cameos for Mother's Day and all that. Yeah. And Amina puts up a song, my song. And she's, and she's rapping my lyrics. And you go under that, you make a comment. That's to me, you being sneaky, trying to, trying to fuck a, pick a fight or pick an argument or pick whatever you're trying to do with somebody that don't give a fuck. Yeah. So most people look at it as Peter, you being petty, she's single, she could, because you know, I saw the women and the women hate me because of, of the fuckery. Yeah, yeah. But, you, That's the hip- but here's the deal. Dude said, what if I said, under my song, under her rapping my song, so I said, let me, he, he a little ice cold, he want a little attention, let me give him, let me give him a little heat. <laughs> so I said, what if you said what? So we went back and forth, and I don't know if we and him had a misunderstanding, but he was like, yo, I drained a few pools too, homie. I said, I don't drain pools. He said, I don't drain, I said, I don't drain pools, I drain yeah. lakes. You saw the shit? Yeah. So I said, you might want to ask somebody else we have in common. And because mm. I'm a hard act to follow. Yeah. Oh, I don't ask the chick. The nigga said, I don't ask the chick, I ask the nigga. I'm like, pause, nigga. <laughs> Fall back. So he said, bye, little Pete. And I start to follow it up. All right, Chester. <laughs> you know what I mean? His name is Chester. Damn. So, I, but I let it rock at the end of that. But the end of the day, like, what she do and what he do, it was love taps, man. That's, I, let me tell you something. At the end of the day, I make funny jokes. Dude is a talented dude. You know, he can sing, he plays guitar, whatever, whatever. I have nothing against him. He's a black man trying to make it in the world. But I'm not going to let him slide with trying to act like, 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 yo, I was just, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, my bae. That's my bae. We both like a blast. Come on, man. You trying to be funny. So you want to be funny, let's go. 
And it's not even nothing to do with Amina. I, me and Amina ain't been together in whatever Amina do. Amina has a boyfriend. The crazy shit is Amina got a man. Oh, he didn't chime in? So he... at what point was this nigga going to be like, what fuck y'all niggas talking about? Right, right, right. right. So I told Amina, you <laughs> deal with some weirdos. He's a weirdo too. In fact, he, I was going to go to LA and shoot him the 32 real quick. Before the 31, I mean, before me, me and her, before I even saw my kids, he around my kids, so I try to respect him. But he another goofy ass nigga that. So, but I don't want to look like the ex-jealous husband because it's not that. It has nothing there to do go. with it. These niggas just jump out the window and fuck with me and then go, see, he's jealous. He's a hater. Life, that song was my song. She was singing and you wanted to smoke. I gave it to you. It was nothing to do with jealousy. I figured you was home in quarantine, ice cold, nobody cared, and you wanted some attention, so I gave you some. There Thank me, nigga, and keep it pushing. Chester? There you go. Now, I got I to gotta ask real quick. Uh, you know, and we're going to see you on, we're going to see you on Cheaters. We're going to see you hosting. We're going to see the work you're putting in. Uh, NBA Young Boys uh, uh, was dating Floyd, is, is dating Floyd Mayweather's daughter, who they got caught in an episode of che cheating, whatever, and then she ended up pulling out a knife, allegedly, of course, stabbing the other girl and things like that. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on that when you see cheating going that far to where you're, you know, you're causing that kind of harm and are you, do you think something like that's going to happen with you going on the show going forward to where you might, you know, cause you, it gets to a level when, you know, when love is involved yeah. and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to understand this. I don't know nothing about cheaters. I used to always hear people say, oh, it's not real. It's this and that. Situations I've dealt with so far is 100% authentic. Niggas creeping out. These people, if you could call a free, if you could call a company to say, follow my man for free and get paid on top of that, you know what I mean? But so I'm aware that if somebody ran down on me, cameras or not, and this could potentially ruin my life where I might take it. So I'll take every situation like this could be in total and extremely dangerous for me. But it's a job where it puts me back in the limelight. It provides a way for me to feed my family. And I'm going to take the chance to feed my family and whatever it is, whatever I could do to go next level with it. And hopefully I don't go into it with malice. I'm like, bro, maybe it's not meant for y'all to be together. Or maybe y'all could get therapy and figure it out. But I'm here to just bring it to the light. And shit, I know I'm the last one who should be doing it, but I'm the best at it. So I know how to do it. So no, nah, I don't go into it with that kind of malice. And I do worry about it going left, but... My man, if I survived the South Bronx in the 70s and 80s, nothing else could, nothing, I have no fear, nothing else. And in fact, I tell everybody that know me, man, and, and hopefully this interview don't have to get played no time soon, but don't cry for me, man. I had a hell of a fucking life. Don't cry, celebrate. Y'all niggas better light up, drink, play some hip hop, play some Prince, play some shit, and be like, this nigga was crazy, and smoke and drink, and cry because you're going to miss me, but don't cry because of, I toured the world, saw the world, did everything I wanted to do. And I'm not done yet by any means, but I always want people to know that I have a hell of a life. So I live my life like that. Like, so whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. You can't, it's written to me. If I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I listened to an interview where you, they was talking about how you owned the same vehicle for X amount of years and you didn't feel the need to change it up because it was paid for and it still ran. And yeah. uh, I always thought that was, com I commended that because it's like, when you live this certain lifestyle, you feel like you have to shine and floss. But every time I hear you on every interview, it's all about taking care of your family. Yeah, Do I mean, I caught a lot of flack. I'm glad you said that, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. because yeah. I caught a lot of flack when I showed that truck. Right. 
Um, but the, the truth of the matter is this right here. I made an error in the 90s. I had uh, I, bought, I went out, when me and Tariq record hit, I went and bought the brand new latest Honda Accord. I was so happy with that car, and I pulled up to um, Justin's. Puff owned a restaurant in New York called Justin's. That was the hangout spot. And Jay-Z and Dame Dash was leaving Justin's, and Dame Dash looked over at me and said, yo, you got the number one record in the country, you driving that? And got in his car, and he probably don't remember that shit. He probably don't. Word, nigga, you got the number one record in the country. And I went that next day and bought a Navigator and did something else just to show that I could do it or whatever. It was the worst mistake I ever made in my life because I was never you like mean, that. Right. But nah, to me, if you comfortable going like, so Jordan released some new sneakers, right? And I'm out at the store, first one, or people know who I am, so they holding them for me. And I got myself some Jordans for my kid to look at me and go, Dad, those is not, oh, you got the Jordans? Never make me feel good. Right. If I can't get them for, for all of us, or I don't can't call my kids and be like, what size he wear or whatever. If you catch me in a Rolex, you know, like when I signed on to do Love and Hip Hop, they was like, yo, y'all want to just get this apartment? My man's in you want to borrow my car? You want to put this on? Nah. Real. I was in a basement apartment running around the backyard. Y'all saw my feet was filthy on that first episode. I got in the shower. Everybody teased me. I always wanted to be 100% authentic. And that car you talking about, I drove that shit till the wheels came off. I was never one to be. Maybe that's why I survived child support, too. And niggas be fresh to death. Niggas be fresh to death. And their kids be and the kids be needing. And niggas be in strip clubs and their kids needing. And your baby mom seeing that shit, you fresh. And I'm over here figuring it out. Nah. So I never, I was never comfortable having and, and not doing it, do it. I could, I could live with the bare minimum, man. I promise you. So you see me and shit. Most of the shit you see me in was given to me. So it almost companies send me shit. It sound like lesson learned is that the way you treat your woman, like like you said, you ain't on child support for nobody. It's because you kept it solid with all of them. Yeah. So, and, and and I want to be clear. It's not that I'm giving away. I'm giving them so much money. I, sometimes I go months without, but they know when he got, he'll right. give the shirt off his back. And I'm fortunately, I got women that understand. You got some women out here, so I don't give a fuck. Go find it. And they put you in front of that judge. Because I tell niggas all the time, you rather try to figure it out with her than to sit in front of that judge trying to figure it out. Right. I watch my friends go through it. Right. Jail and everything. And I was just fortunate the mothers are so dope. And even, even when they feel like you could do a little more, they don't take it to the point of putting me in the court, court, courthouse. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. But when I had it, I was. It wasn't only the kids' mothers. They own family be coming to me. Yo, I can't do nothing. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You know what yeah, I mean? That's just being solid. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so, so I, was never, I, was never, uh, I was never comfortable in a place financially. Never comfortable because everybody around me was fucked up. So I was never the nigga that could be cool and my people's around me is fucked up. Never. Not even my best friends. That's you know what I mean? Now, I will say you, you are from New York, the mm -hmm. epicenter right now of the COVID. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, have you actually had somebody that you know that caught the COVID and how is it? Out Too there? many people to name to you right now. And it's, and it varies for, between how they dealt with it. So I got an aunt that died from it. Damn. But then I got friends that was healthy that had all that underlying shit. They say like, if you ain't had no underlying ailments, I got two friends that don't drink, smoke, healthy vegans almost died from that shit. Then you got people that just, it was just like a bad flu. 
So it varies. So it's different strands. I'm, it's definitely different strands. It's definitely man-made, if you ask okay, me. Okay, I was gonna. That's where I was gonna ask. Go. I'm not the conspiracy guy. I just right. want to be clear with you. You ain't gonna catch me out burning no 5G tower and all that crazy <laughs> shit. I'm not the dude that's gonna be like, oh, you know, if you fucking shave Bill Gates, he got six, six, six. I'm not doing all that shit. I'm not this conspiracy theorist. But if you Chinese people been eating bats and all these wild kind of fucking shit for a hundred years, hundreds of years. And they ain't never had no coronavirus shit. So if you ask me, some shit got out the lab that these they making. And all the brothers out there that was like, yo, black people can't get it. That shit was stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just thinking that this is just a rehearsal to me because I feel like one day it's going to be some shit. If you get it, you're dead. Rap. Ain't no age, ain't no color. If you get this shit, you die. And this is just a rehearsal for something like that. Mom, warfare. Because people always think of terrorism is planes flying through the buildings, niggas blowing up bombs. Niggas got a different way around that. It ain't always we got to reach your soil with a bomb. Let's just let this shit go and see and, and wipe these motherfuckers' economy out because that's all motherfuckers really care about is their money. Over here, really, you know what I mean? So do you think it's a, the wrong move for us to be opening up? So it seems like no yeah. vaccine, nothing. They just opening the world yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah, up yeah, yeah, and yeah, everybody's think, walking around like nothing happened. It's almost like that's a New York problem. It's almost like that's a New York problem. That's a big city problem. That's black people problem. That's 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 brown and black people's problem. It's almost like that. And I'm gonna tell you. And I'm gonna tell you. I'm not saying that people are not taking precautions, wearing a mask, and fucking Target and all that. I'm talking about. I went by by a spot last night, and it was jumping out here, and I was just, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I honestly feel like. I, I, I honestly feel like a lot of people in Dallas and Texas, period, the red state, I feel like they feel like that's not that's not what we have to worry about. That's those New York motherfuckers living on top of one another like roach, roaches and rats. So it's, that's the shit. So until these numbers start increasing out here, it shit start happening. I don't wish that at all because believe me, I love this normalcy. This, the fact that I could still go to a bar uh, outside and sit outside and have a glass of wine. It was like, God damn, this is... This is how life's supposed to be. I love it, but at the same time, I fear that they they sleeping on um the out the, the the at the end of this shit is not gonna. I don't see it going the right way. I I just don't, and I hope I'm wrong. I don't wish it on them, but I'm telling you, man. Like, I think what's so fucked up about this disease is this is the one thing you know black people always had is each other and camaraderie. Like, yeah, we gonna meet up, we gonna play cards, we gonna talk shit, uh -huh. we gonna drink. Y'all can't take that from us. Yeah. Now y'all done found something where niggas can't kick it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but you know what's crazy? I, I don't even think it's just a black thing. I think it's I think it's an everybody thing. I, honestly, I, they they could say all they want. You know, um, in New York, yeah, it's mostly us. But I'm telling you that fucking coronavirus don't discriminate. Unfortunately for us, I will say we our diets is different. We do different fucked up shit. You know what I mean? We do a little more extra than other other nationalities that you know that it probably does prey on diabetes and high blood pressure. And we are the fucking leaders in that shit. I got it myself, uh, high blood pressure that is. So there's a lot, I like to drink and like, the, ain't nothing gonna stop me from having me a cigar and a drink. Even if somebody came to me and said, you know, you'll live an extra five years if you just stop drinking right now and smoking, I ain't gonna stop. Yeah, <laughs> life's too good. You can have that motherfucking five. I'm a, I'm a dude, I die doing what I like to do. No. But those underlying things, you know, why, why it preys on us more, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a conspiracy, you know, because yeah. most of the time, when 
I'll give you an example. I think Waka Flocka, somebody said, yo, that shit don't, don't fuck with black people. Yeah, it was and that's my man, his family. I love his family. But I thought that was a reckless thing to say because that's what AIDS was. It wasn't our problem. It wasn't our problem. It was gay people and yeah. white people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, who the fuck got the brunt yeah. of that? So it's a reckless thing to jump out and say that's not, that's not, that's not going to affect us. Because then it makes, you know how many of my friends is like, my nigga. We can't get that shit. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. A lot of people thought like that. Do you, is it weird when... Woke, I never thought like that. Is it weird when woke people start sounding as dumb as the other people? You know what I'm saying? Like, they sound brainwashed too. So it's, I, like, it's weird when it's motherfuckers I'm directly tight and close to. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's bro. not like it's some, like, I'm looking on TV and some motherfuckers, I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers really in the... It's my mans and them FaceTiming me playing dice and sharing blunts. I'm like, my nigga, we in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so... It's weird when it's people close to you. It's not, close, it's not weird when I see shit happen on the news and, and it's other people. It's just weird when like direct family members are like, nigga, what? Right. I'm not staying in the fucking house. Were you, uh, were you in uh, New York at the time of the lockdown when they... Nah, man, okay. I was here. I was in Dallas. Yeah, you dodged. Okay. But the guilt in me, Tara still lives in, in East Elmhurst, Queens. So the guilt to me was that I got three sons in the fucking in East Hammer, Queens was ground zero. Mm. I got three kids there. So I flew back. So I'm going to go to the supermarket. I'm going to do everything. Y'all stay in the house. Mm. But Cheetahs called and was like, nigga, we still shooting. Because I thought it was like game over to the shit flew up. Nah, we going to catch these niggas creeping out of quarantine. Out of, out of quarantine. So I had to fly back to Dallas. And that's when the realness hit me when I was at the airport and they took my temperature when I landed. Dallas, they ain't tell y'all this shit. When I landed in Dallas, when the shit hit, heated up in New York, it was four people on a plane. Mm. I'm on, coming from New York. The other, the other three were connecting. Mm. So airplanes, so y'all know how, how it works. If, if airplane, if, Dal, if Delta would have said, we not flying no more, somebody else would have got their slot and they couldn't fly no planes no more. So they had to keep flying just to keep their fucking slots. Right. So only four people on the plane. So I felt comfortable. Fuck it. Four of us. But when we got off, the other three were going somewhere else, so they didn't have to check in. They go on somewhere else. Yeah. When I got off the plane, it was like, Mr. Panky, come with us. Hazmat suit, motherfucking. Police. <laughs> they said on the plane, oh, Mr. Panky, we have state troopers and police waiting for you. Me being a fucking felon, gun charges and shit. And although I ain't had one in 20 years, I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, who the yeah. deal? You know, I'm thinking... Unfortunately for us, when police come, we always trying to figure out how yeah, to fuck, what, the what fuck I'm mixed up in. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, um, come with us. So they took my temperature, told me I had to stay in the house for 14 days. They was going to be coming by, checking on me and, and, um, and calling me to make sure I'm feeling good. It was that serious. Yeah. But I told them, niggas, don't come to my crib. That's not y'all not going to do because my building is like this luxury building in Uptown. And I want these niggas thinking I got the coronavirus and everybody <laughs> like, yo, this nigga. Not in the hazmat. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll be in the house for 14 days. Now, flip side of it is the president of Cheetahs. My first day of shooting was two days in. So I had to sneak out my crib because it was a trooper's car outside, sneak around and get in his car. So he was like, why didn't you just come out the front of the building, Peter? And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. let me go ahead and be honest with you. I snuck back to New York. That nigga said, you did what? <laughs> I know he was nervous as fuck. <laughs> Did you get tested? Did you get? He was like, he was like, you know, it was like, what the? F and I'm, and right then and there, I felt guilty because he's right. You yeah, know, yeah. it take 14 days for symptoms to come up. But 
that's when I realized the seriousness of the shit. And don't mind my long answer to your question. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a talker, a storyteller. Nah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Man, I got to touch on, uh, we were talking earlier off camera, man, as far as Dallas music. When it comes to back in the 90s, did you hear of any music coming out of Dallas? Um, and I want man, you to I want you to Houston, of course. I, you know, Scarface is one of my favorites. Uh, Dallas, not, you know, Dallas, I hate to say this, man. Wasn't really up on, you got to get some artists, but you know, DOC. Yeah. Even though people look at him as a California guy, I was a huge DOC fan. I'm one of the guys that say if I wonder what, out of any rapper that ever lived, yeah. I always said I wish I had a DOC record. I wish, I wonder where he would have, he's one of the guys I do that with. You know, a lot of people say Big L, and of course we say Biggie, but I kind of know where Biggie, but with DOC, I just always be like, God damn, yeah, I wonder where he would have went. And when I found out he was from Dallas, that put an eyebrow up to me to go, oh, shit. They, because he understood pockets, man. He's special. So, yeah. Definitely. But touring, when me and Tariq toured, it was all about New York until I went on tour and started hearing the local artists. And I was like, man, the South. Wow. I told you, we opened up for an artist one time. We had the number one record in the country. Yeah. I'm like, we're not opening up for this motherfucker. I got the number one record in the country. And they said, Guns, you might want to let him go first. Where were you at? Where you might want to go first. We was in New Orleans. Mm. This rapper's name was Master P. Mm. And that's how I was introduced to Master P. When he came out, it was like Michael Jackson was on the stage. <laughs> and, he, and when I left, I got a CD of his and I put it in and I was, I could not figure out what nobody liked about Silk the Shocker or none of these niggas. <laughs> I was like, this is whack. <laughs> but they found a groove, a niche, and they had a thing about them and ultimately, once I got Master P and then, um, and then uh, his business acclimate just took me to another level with him. Cash Money, on the other hand, I understood because Lil Wayne wrapped his ass off. Juvenile yeah. was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. BG and them, I understood them. You know what I mean? And even I, got a, I caught a little bit of Manny Fresh. I got why people to bounce shit. Yeah. But Master P and them, I just couldn't figure it out. But what I do know is he has something I never seen. And that time he had something I never seen before. And, and it opened my eyes up to, uh-oh, things is about to change. Fast forwarding up to today, you know, you're in Dallas. You're, you're hosting one of, you know, Dallas's biggest shows. Uh, are you on to Dallas music now? Do you, is there any artists out there that you're that, that you Local artists that I'm just, I'm just, uh, somebody played something for me from this dude, Fat, what's his name? Fat, Fat Pimp. Feeling him, man. I was feeling the, like I'm starting to get into the local. That's what I do. I yeah. get into the I get into the mud. I'm trying to find it, but I'm trying to find it from ground up. Nothing that's already tick tack ticking. Cause I wanna I wanna dive back into music. There you go. Even if it's behind the scenes, or at least see what's going on. You gotta keep your ear to the ground. Yeah. But of course, music is first and foremost my uh my love. That's what I wanted to ask you. Do you see yourself like? Getting back into the game, like actually rapping and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. first off, rap. Um, I never stopped rapping, even though I never, I wasn't putting out music and doing that. Uh, I felt like the challenge for me. It was a challenge for me to rap. It was a challenge for me to rap because nobody would give me a shot because of love and hip hop. People will always hold love and hip hop over my over my head. Like, I'm not gonna give this record a shot. He's a sucker. 
So they wouldn't even listen to it. It's whack before they even heard it. So I stopped putting out music because I, people wouldn't even get a, give it a shot. But now the, the challenge in me is to go ahead and do it. So I'm going to do a song with my son. We, me and my son are going to do it like a, a six, a six, a ten, ten album, a ten song album or a five song album called uh, right. Two Guns Up. Hold up. Here you go, because I was just telling you. Not, I don't want to say you and your prime, but you when you first dropped, like when you were coming out and you were your hottest versus your son. Who do I'm you nowhere in there where Corey, Corey is. Corey has a... Uh, He's whew. a wordsmith. Like oh, a Corey has He's something that I've never oh. seen. And if you, if you listen to him, because people will be like, yo, he rap fast, I can... But if you go dissect what he's saying, it makes all the sense in the world. Corey, is, Corey came to me one day recently. Corey would never concede to no rapper. None. He would never, if I say, Corey, you kind of in the bracket, Eminem. He's like, Dad, Eminem is. He finally came to me and was like, got it. I got him. <laughs> Even though nobody would know it or because he's not them. But he got the comp, he had the confidence in him to go, yeah, I got him. Anybody, I'm ready. Who, whoever, you know. Uh, Corey spent a lot of time with Jada Kiss and the locks. They 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 took Corey under their wing. Spends a he records a D block. He he, he kissing them man. Big up to Jada Kiss and Styles P. Uh, and I love them being around them. Not even just for people would think just for music knowledge and stuff they've been through and role models because they good role models for them. But even health wise, they put Corey on the vegan shit and juices because they own juice bars. Like right. Styles P play is is like. You know, he called him uncle, Un you know, so they, they took Corey under their wing. So Corey also, me going to Corey going, yo, dumb it down just for this joint right here. It's like my pops telling me what the fuck. But when Kiss tell him or Styles tell him or Looch, they, he'll go, all right, all right, all right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, nigga, that's what I said. But yeah, no, nah, I, I can't fuck with Corey. <laughs> So for the young artists coming up, man, I know you you had the you know the deal that you felt was you know definitely not in your favor for when you came in. What advice would you give young artists coming up in this game as far as when they do make a hit, when they do make a song, and labels do approach them about owning their music, owning their rights, owning their likeness, things like that? Yeah, I I, I mean most people would tell a kid that a label is not necessary no more. You don't need them niggas. They still have. A little more reach. They still have a, a, a um, they still have a staff. They still have people that do what they do. Yeah. So just don't give them the kitchen sink and all that. There you go. Bring them in. Throw them a piece. Throw them a bone. There you you know go. what I mean? But don't go putting in all the work. Cause if you went in there right now, if you went and say you got a youngster, say you got an artist, 19, 20 years old, on fire. Yeah. He'll go on the label right now. They're gonna say, how many people follow you on Instagram? Facts. How many Twitter's followers you got? Who Facts. listen? They don't want to do no legwork. So if you're gonna go do the all the legwork and get hot, why are you gonna go sign to a label and be and be a slave for them? So make sure you go in there. Cause I would never tell an artist not to sign because they still got little few reaches that you can't reach. Right. To take you outside your your your, your zone. Right. So I'm not saying oust the label. You know what I mean? There'll come a time, make it short as sweet as possible. And if you stay hot, then you can negotiate some shit or then go to fucking Spotify or Apple Music and do a deal because that's what's getting ready. The whole new shit is about to be the streaming services giving you a deal. Whole new shit. So they're about to totally, but right now, I still say labels can help you. Just don't go in there and do a label deal from the 90s. Make sure when you go in there, hey, take this 10% or this 5% or whatever yeah. and make it at your best interest. You know what I mean? But nah, I hate when people say you don't need a label no more. 
they still could do shit for you. You just yeah, got to yeah. make sure they not getting the fucking, you know, the shoes on the other foot this right. time. Make sure you're eating in the future, guys, somehow. Yeah, you getting the, you getting the bulk of the fucking money. That's all. Not for real. Uh, lately, you've been doing some uh, philanthropy work, man. You've been doing some givebacks. Uh, I want you to touch on that, man, because, you know, of course, when people see this, like you said, they say they have a, they paint a certain picture of you. But there's a lot of stuff you do behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff you do for the kids outside of your own. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you do a lot for the world. I want you to touch on that as far as uh, some of the stuff that you do, some of the, some of the uh, pots you have your hands in. Yeah, especially out here in Dallas. I don't want people to think, oh, he's just coming out of Dallas, shoot cheaters and <laughs> hang out and just take advantage of our culture. No, I'm going into the shelters. I'm going to different places and handing out masks and sanitizers and food. And people are struggling out here. But that's... That's without that's without cameras and, and me going live because a lot of people do shit just to go look what I'm doing. I'm giving back. I'm giving back. I never did that, and that's why I, I got ate up so much on loving hip hop because I was going to Rikers Island every month telling my my young brothers that they want y'all to come out and come back in here. It's a hundred thousand, a hundred twenty thousand dollars a year they for each of y'all being here for that little bullshit meal they giving y'all in this cold ass cell. It's 120000 for you to be here. They want you here. So when you come home, I would do that. But I didn't do that with the cameras on me or nothing. So people just look at me. But, you know, long as I feel good in my heart, like I said, there's no malice. When I even did Love & Hip Hop, I wasn't malice. So I'm comfortable in my skin. I have no regrets. So long as I feel good about and I know who I am and what I'm doing, I could care less about a person that goes into my Instagram page yeah. and talks shit to me. I don't give a fuck. You don't know me. Or you're miserable. You have to be a weird, miserable person yeah, yeah. to go on. Like, I'm not a fan of Trump, but you'll never find me under Trump Instagram or Twitter going, you fucking bastard. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. me, you got to be a weirdo to do that type of shit. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. And even with that, even with the shit that he do, I don't all the way disagree with everything. Some right. shit he do. Sometimes I think the transparency of him and who he is, it's... Sometimes I, I, I'm going to catch a lot of flick, flack for that. But sometimes I'm tired of politicians lying to me, man. That's hey, So that's if he, he going to tell me how he feel about me to my face, or he going to stand on the side that I don't agree with and say, fuck you, it is what it is. At least I know where you stand. If, if, when, you when, stand. When, Trump, when Trump is doing an interview with somebody and one of the reporters call him out and talking to him crazy, yeah. right, and he go back at them. Right at them. And you used to work for Fox, now you work for NBC, so you know what it's like to switch sides. When he do some shit like that, I'm a rapper. I'm like, oh, this nigga just killed me. Bars. But with that being said, I may not agree with him. I may not, I would not vote for him or whatever, but it, I'd be a liar. And when the man say, yo, you've been a Democrat all your life, where has that gotten you? Those are things that make you just, for a minute. So for, I don't all the way stand on nobody's side. So when people right. say, yo, you, you know, this one, I would never do what Puff say, don't go vote. I didn't think that yeah, was, I thought that yeah, was yeah, reckless. Yeah, yeah. I would go vote for Biden with a gun in my head, but I don't feel good about voting for him either. You know what I'm saying? So, but I'm going to do it. But yeah. the thing is this right here, there's something to admire about something like that. So I don't stand on, on I, I am who I am. You won't catch me in a MAGA hat ever in life. I'm go. not a fan of him, but there's something to admire. Right, I know what he is at least. Because you got go. some motherfuckers that come kiss your baby, hug your mom. Yeah, for real. And then you find out. I'm telling you what I know. This ain't something I made up. Right. Oh, we love to have you on Columbia Records. Oh, thank you for doing the show. And then when it's all over and you ain't hot no more, you can't even get them on the fucking phone. Yeah, that's the worst. You know I got your number. That's the worst. Yeah. 
Now I got to say, uh, I you know, first and foremost, do thank thank you for everything that you're doing out here. Thank you for everything that you will continue to do. Yeah. Um, I know as more people in Dallas, Fort Worth, see your face and kind of get you know reacclimated with you. Yeah, I'm um, home, man. This is my second home. Yeah, there I'm you home, go, man. man. Hey, uh, the the gun program you did a while back would be great out here as far as you know putting the guns down, stopping the violence. We need that out here. Yo, so, it's different out here. I gotta tell yeah, you why. Shit is different out here. I'm gonna tell you why. Cause y'all could legally walk into a store, grab one, buy one. You got your license and this and that. In New York, it's almost virtually impossible to do have a gun without. And it's three to nine for us. Three mm-hmm. to nine. Yeah. If you went and bought a gun right now, or you had a legal gun on you. You probably go to court and they'll let you walk out that same day. Yeah. yeah no prior. In New York, it's three to nine. Nothing to talk about. Yeah. With me, it's five years. I got, I got caught. I already, I already been busted for shit. Or my record right now, if I get caught with a gun in New York, five. Mm-hmm. Start at five. We now, they could talk about more, but nothing less than five. So y'all got a different gun thing. Even when we shooting the show, I'm like, yo, hold up, time out. This nigga got a gun. This nigga got a gun. This nigga got a gun. <laughs> They're like, yo, Pete, they, he, this is Dallas. So the dude that I might be busting and arguing with, all his people's has got guns. So I, one time I went back to the set and uh, talked to the staff. I'm like, listen, I'm from New York. This nigga got a gun. This nigga got a gun. This nigga. I said, who in here got a gun? Every nigga from the cameraman to the sound man. <laughs> I might only one without a gun. I can't, <laughs> so I can't, I can't really do no gun shit out here. Y'all play different with the guns. Guns is like fucking my cell phone out here. Right. Nah, for real. And then they're so fashionable with it. They just let it hang out their pocket. <laughs> You got the long third clip. Nah, dude clip. pulled this. It was a dude. First off, nigga was like, looked like Barney. Big, fat motherfucker with purple on. Pulled this shit up over his thing. Showed me his gun because I was arguing with his man. I was like, time out. <laughs> Y'all watching this motherfucker, man? Because he's showing me his gun. Let me know, yo. And they was like, yeah, we on him. I said, yo, who here got a gun? Everybody. Amen, <laughs> hey, amen. Welcome to Dallas. Man, you got any shout outs? Nah, man, shout out to Dallas. I love y'all. Thank y'all for having me. The weather is wonderful. I tan my baldy so I don't look like a racist no more. <laughs> like a fucking. <laughs> so, yeah, nah, so I, I, I love the sun. I love the people. It's so welcoming. I haven't, it's been nothing but like, like, Southern hospitality out here, man. But I ain't I gonna lie, it. you tapped me, in, though. I had my Tim's on the other day, and somebody said, yo, I'm gonna take you to. I'm gonna take you to get some boots. I said, them shits? He said, 4,500, motherfucker. Okay. I couldn't believe it. So he said, I'm gonna take you to some Tim's and I'm gonna take you to the trail. I don't know what the trail is, but I can't wait to go. They said some shit y'all do. Everybody pull their trail up, their horses. I'm dying to do that. That's not, never been. I'm dying to do that. So I'm gonna go get my boots and my hat and I'm in the building. Amen, amen. And if anybody wanna do any type of work with Peter Guns in the, in the DFW, who do they need to contact? Me, man. Hit me up. Peter Guns 174 Instagram or, you know, my manager over there, Alize, he'll give you all the information you need. But for the most part, you know, book Peter Guns, Peter G-U-N-Z at, uh, uh, at Gmail or hit me on my, hit me in the DMs, man. I go on the DMs every now and then. I don't really fuck with my DMs like that because sometimes, you know, women like to send the naked pictures and sometimes dudes like to send their dicks. And I ain't into all that. I always got to say, yo, stop shooting me dick pics. That's not my thing. But dudes be flirting with me on Instagram. But I got somebody now to go through my DMs and get to the real shit. So, holla. Hey, man. 
Peter Guns, man, legendary brother. We we epic. We want to thank you for coming, man. You are a family man. It's all love, street man. It's all love. Street legend, go. man, and you are a real life street star, man. Appreciate you, man. Shout out real street stars, nigga. Moon. Hey.